In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's key, it's critical, it's crucial, and a bunch of other C-sounding words. That could be dangerous. No. I'm not using that word. You hate it. I don't say it anyway. Anyway, it's getting started. My goodness. I see the downloads. We're going to help you getting started. We'll be right back. In the Moran family studio with my lovely wife. Do not eat that piece of popcorn. <laughs> Hi, guys. Dead gummit. I said this before we started recording. I'll stick to it. You are the worst when it comes to eating. So you're either eating something or whatever you're drinking, and you start talking. It's like <sighs> you just start horsing, like horse coughing. And uh, I like to play footsies. But it's true. Anyway, here we are. We need to help you. Listen, I see I see the downloads. I see the... I, I can look at... Like from uh, Captivate offers me the opportunity to look at statistically what are the most downloaded episodes. So I've, I began to review that because I was interested. And, you know... Well ahead of all of the other episodes are episodes that talk about where do I start or getting started in this process. Now, it can be unbelievably difficult for us to help you on where to get started. But as time goes along, more and more people, more and more guys are asking us for help. And we've had some fantastic conversations out there with a particular Jack just last week. Uh, impromptu talk. And I'm telling you, this guy, and you know who you are, this guy has a deep desire to become the man that he wants to be and to improve his relationship and his marriage. And, uh, you know, I, we, we just, I love it. Jeannie can speak for herself, but I love it because I celebrate the courage to do something, uh, to grow, to get uncomfortable. Because too many people just walk away. So if you want to know how to get started, where to start, send us your story. Uh, the email is quincy at mbsmpodcast.com. Quincy, Q-U-I-N-C-Y, and it's MVSM, like man versus marriage, mbsmpodcast.com. And what we will do is we will get it cranked up and we will get moving. And this episode is inspired by this particular Jack. So what do we do? If you're new to the program, you'll send us an email and it will help you. And if, if the information is such where it can help other people, we'll get your permission. We'll use your story. I will read you your story. I'll replace your name with Jack, your wife's name with Jill. And we'll give you an opportunity to look outside of your situation. Part of my philosophy, if you're, it's hard to see the picture when you're standing in the frame. So it's a brilliant concept that I came up with myself. Awesome. <laughs> Where uh, I read you your story, and then you get to hear it like as if a friend is telling you what he is going through. Because when you remove yourself, you take your emotion out of it. 
your more logical self can kick in and, and, and the answers can seem like, oh yeah, yeah, I get it. And if you start to make those improvements and then you have other, other questions, we as an audience together are blessed that Jeannie is here because she gives us a wife's perspective. Because uh, whether you know this or not, men and women do not think alike. So That seems to be the hardest thing for people to figure out. And I, I mean, it was hard for us in the beginning too, but it's like, it, well, I go quiet and I, I just don't talk because I don't want to argue. And it's like, okay, well, your silence to her just said, F you, I've shut down and this, I'm not listening anymore. And that's not the case, but. On either side, it's not the exactly. case. So women have this nasty habit of jumping to assumptions and men have this nasty habit of jumping to assumptions. Right. So, um, you know what happens when you assume? Yeah. Grandpa told me, <laughs> um, so it really, it really makes it difficult. It really makes it difficult. Uh, when you want to figure out how to make the madness stop, when you feel like you have to walk on eggshells around your spouse, I've been there. I'm sure Jeannie's been there from time to time. When you feel like you, when you feel like you, you can't say what you want because you're too uncomfortable. When you're sick and tired of fighting all the time, when your life, when your relationship, not your life, just, you know, your relationship feels like the, it's not fulfilled like it could be. Like you didn't sign up for this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how do you get started? Where do you start? Now, um, here's a guy I'm coaching that uh, right now in the right in the middle of this is like, he's like, send me a link to the podcast. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> this is a guy outside of the podcast that I'm helping. So I just find that, that, that timing is is absolutely incredible. But with that being said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some strategy um, here. And all I need to know is how can we help you? Where do you start? How do you get started? And this will give you kind of an outline. And then I'm going to give you some, uh, I'm going to give you some episodes that we've done in the past. Now I just, just figured out now that when I made my, when I converted, you know, my, uh, website, like same company, but I converted it over to a different plan. I lost an entire year and a half of episodes, so they're not even there for y'all to look at. So that's tough. Well, there's a couple things we have to do, too. Number one, you and I are going to need to go back through those, and um, some of these have to be redone. Not not because it's it needs to be reset, but it's been a while. Some we, of the stuff We is, have different experiences. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. The other thing is you guys are asking where to start. But there's some questions that have to be answered before we can even tell you this is where you start because, well, we know the answer on where you need to start. But here's the thing. Most people come and they're like, well, we're having trouble with communication. We're having trouble with sex. We're having trouble with arguing. We're having trouble with money. All of those things are completely understandable, normal. Everybody goes through them. There's places you can go for that. But really the place that you need to start is with you what what is it that you're looking at because you had an expectation of what your marriage would be like the person you were going to be in that marriage what your role was going to be as husband father you know friend whatever and something changed along the line and it's not what you expected 
But if you don't know what those expectations were, we didn't even know. Quincy and I, when we got married, we both had thoughts on what this was going to be like, but we only shared a little bit of that with each other. And then we found out down the line, I had some really jacked up thoughts in my head of what I thought you expected. Yeah. And you had some thoughts about what I thought or you thought I expected, but we never discussed them. We only discussed, you know, it's kind of like when you look at a cake, you know, you get those, the, oh, the mother load cake. Oh, I missed that. Anyway, seven layers of chocolate goodness. But if you only get through the first layer in the beginning of your marriage, you know, we all were on that little happy phase where we're learning about each other and we're getting moved in and we're having a good time. And, you know, there's the, the honeymoon phase is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you're supposed to get to the next layer, you might kind of skim it. But then depending on what life does, let's say you have kids unexpectedly or it wasn't, you know, wasn't planned to have them that fast, three at a time. Shoot, even if kid, you do plan on having kids, I mean. I mean, that, it, well, I'm just saying in our case, it was like, we're having one. Okay, cool. Oh, wait, wait, there's three more. <laughs> that was not a planned three at a time. But you kind of dip past the cake you cut it in half and you go straight for the bottom layer thinking okay i I just got to get to the good stuff where where all that really rich cream is you missed a bunch of stuff along the way and now it tastes kind of bitter it doesn't have that same sweetness it had when you started that's the issue is you, you you can't skip the layers you've got to go through each one and as you go through them and the years change and life changes and lord knows quincy and i are are Yet again, one year down the road, sitting on a pivot point of what's next. You know, that that never changes. There's always going to be a what next. It's just when it happens, now we know how to approach it a little differently because we know how to discuss expectations and wants. And it just feels like, you know, lately with the people we've been talking to, you know, you have a a one and a three-year-old and that's... That's life-changing. One and two, one and three. Th- those are babies. Those are little bitty people. And that that changes everything from your sleep pattern to your sex life to your date night to your bills to oh, I'm just tired and exhausted and conversation is, is not even in my plethora of things to do right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at everything else. So... I guess where where to start this time around needs to be more of an introspective thing for the guys. Where is it that you yourself, not your marriage, not your wife, you yourself, what is it that isn't feeling right? That makes sense. Like, is it, is it, do you feel like you're not being heard? Do you feel like you're not able to communicate? Do you feel like maybe you're not owning up to your side of things that, and it, and I'm not saying it could be your wife's expectation of what you're supposed to be living up to. Maybe it's your own expectation. That's where Quincy and I landed. It was like, I didn't feel like I was being the wife I set out to be. And I didn't know how to get there mm-hmm. because I thought your expectation of me was way different than my expectation of me. And I just, it was an impossible thing. Yeah, because we never discussed it. Exactly. But then when you were going through your stuff, I love you, for, um, you know, wanting to lose weight and get healthier and and do all these other things that you were doing, that's because I'm talking, don't argue with me. Um, 
you were also struggling with not feeling like you were doing enough or bringing enough home and you were like at that time in our life you were everything to everybody and if you were not everything to everybody you felt like you were missing the mark and that took a toll on us because I I don't know what I didn't know why you had to be everything to everybody and really what it was is Quincy just needed to find his own value in himself and his worth in himself and he was using the accolades and um, the affirmation coming from others of doing things for them to feed him because he didn't know how to get it himself. So I'm, am I saying that right? I think it's close. If I'm not, you'll tell me, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know we were both individually going through those things. And instead of talking about it, we just decided to argue with each other because you must be the reason that this isn't working for me or something you're doing or not doing is why I'm feeling this way. And that that's, that's not accurate. At least not if you kind of sit back and I guess the cool part is now you become aware. This is what the problem is. This is where I'm feeling these things. Okay. But in all reality, your spouse is not responsible for your happiness. You are not responsible for your spouse's happiness. You are a contributor. Mm-hmm. But if that, if you're coming into this saying <clears throat> you need to find out where to start because you need to make your spouse happy, backtrack. That's, that's not how that's, that, that's not where this should be starting. And I think that seems to be the common for me. Now I'm outside a lot of these conversations. I'm, I'm on the outside. I get the emails. I, I go through the conversations that I'm brought into. And as I'm listening on the outside, it's like, why are you focusing so much on what she's doing? She's saying she's wanting, she's expecting. What about you? Well, I'm, I am, uh, I'm very, very big on practical examples. And this might be a tough one because, you know, guys, we just don't like going to the doctor. But I'm going to give you a practical example of this. If you say prostate exam, I have to not drink anything yet. I'm going to wait because... No, I'm not So many Dr. Nian jokes are going through my head right now. Yeah. Um, So it's like this. As far as your health goes, um, if you intend on living a healthy healthy life, it's not going to happen by accident. You have to be intentional. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be intentional with... um, what you're putting in your mouth, you got to be intentional with what you're drinking. You got to be intentional. Um, if you need supplements, you got to be intentional. If you're going to exercise, you have to have some kind of a plan. You have an idea of what health is. So, I mean, typically you do annual checkups unless you're a guy like me. And it's like, I'm not going to the doctor unless I have to. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that every once in a while you start to notice something's off. Mm-hmm. And what is it you notice? It's a symptom of something that's going on, and it doesn't it doesn't seem right. So let's just take that example. I mean, a do you have an idea of a concept of what your marriage was gonna be? Do you have that before you got married, or since you've been married? Have you and your wife talked about 
this is this is what we want for our marriage. You just if you just get married and you're not like intentionally investing in your relationship, your relationship is stagnant and runs the risk of regressing. It's not, it needs to grow. It needs to be something that has life and vitality to it. So with that, are you sitting and talking together doing that quote checkup on your relationship? I would suggest you do that more than once a year. But are you doing that? So do you have a concept yourself and then with your wife on what this marriage was supposed to be? What you wanted it to be? Everybody's got a plan until Mike Tyson punches him in the mouth. That's a like a famous saying in the U.S. So with that, with that, once you start to notice a symptom, it's like, ooh, you got to take a step back and try to say, what is this symptom? What is the root cause of this symptom? And if you don't know, that's when you get with the doctor. That's when you check out urgent care. Now, I'm using something like really simplistic to say, if you notice that there's a symptom, it's time for a checkup. It's time for a visit and, and to better understand what that is. It could be, it could be sex. It could be communication. It could be what you were alluding to earlier, which is silent expectations. The, you know, you had a fairy tale idea you in your mind as it, of what a husband and a marriage mm -hmm. was. You had this as a little girl and you took it with you. We didn't have sense enough to know. I mean, what we did was we did that pre-marriage class and it dealt it, it brought red flags up to the surface. So we learned how to talk about those red flags, but there was no actual concept beyond we want to get married. We want to have kids. We did our nine weeks. We passed the class and said, okay, we're good. Let's go. Well, I, I was there. I was present. I enjoyed it. And, no, I know, you know but, it, but it, it wasn't, I don't think we carried it into the marriage like we intended. And to. here, here's the challenge with that is, you know, in business, they say, <clears throat> you don't know what you, what you don't know. Yeah. So you're getting, it's like when you start a new job and you get all this training, it's not relatable because you haven't done the job. Yeah. You're getting a bunch of training. It's like, Here's what you do in case of this. This is what you do. This is what you do. It's like, oh, yeah, of course I'll do that. And then you get in the heat of the moment and you forget your training because <laughs> you didn't have that experience before. Yeah. I mean, you might have had some concepts of it because you you had a, a girlfriend, you had a boyfriend, but that's not the same as being married. There's something way deeper, uh, a deeper dimension, if you will. It's yeah, well, a, yeah, you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You, you have that option when these big things come up which all of us have done at some point in life. And you're just like, you know, that's a little too big to deal with. And I have an exit clause in a marriage. If you truly take your vows seriously, there's not supposed to be an exit clause. There is supposed to be hard work and, and coming alongside each other and making this thing the best it can be. I mean, we just taking your simple example of the doctor and look, putting it into practice with marriage, Previous relationships and ours included. If you walked into a room and your girl is silent and she is moving around the room, she's not acknowledging you, she's not talking to anybody. I mean, you can tell there is definitely something wrong. How many times you have two choices? 
two things happen generally. One, you approach and you go, okay, what's going on? How can I help? Whatever. The second one is your brain immediately goes, oh, crap, what I do? That is almost always, uh, in the first 10 years of our marriage, that was my first go-to is if you came in silent or you were behaving a certain way, it's like, oh, start going through the conversations in my head. Did we not talk about something? Did we not do something? Did something happen? But that was my expectation because that's what I grew up in. Yes. So we never discussed that. When, when, when we learned how to communicate in the beginning of our marriage, we never discussed rules of engagement. If I'm frustrated or you see that I'm pissed off and upset, Quincy, don't make a joke. We didn't discuss that until Quincy made jokes multiple times and it was like, dude, bad timing. Bad yeah, timing. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of times early on in your relationship, you learn not to touch the stove because it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you may not, you, you may not go any further than that. So you may, you may create your communication based on reactions you've gotten. Mm-hmm. And so then you'll choose not to communicate. That doesn't mean that you're fine. What that means is that you're going to hold on to it. And then at some point when y'all argue, you're going to bring it all back up. And you're going to be holding that. So you're like holding the hose, the water's building up, and then finally you can't hold it anymore. And there's an explosive blast of water, and now you're dumping it all over your what spouse. What could have been a firecracker is now a Roman candle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. And so when we, when we look at getting started, if you notice some symptoms in your relationship that seem off, like you know it's it's not right and you can't put a finger on why, that's where you use the email. You can bounce that off of us. Now, if you have a if your relationship with your spouse is is such where y'all have rules of engagement, um so you know how to kind of I don't what's what's the word I'm looking for? You know how to kind of argue without being hurtful. You know how to ask a question in in a way in a manner that deescalates the situation mm-hmm. or leaves it neutral as opposed to asking a question that causes a, a big problem because you're not the goal is not to make your spouse mad and the goal is also not to like I just want to make sure it's not me. <laughs> you know, that if that's the goal then your relationship is not in a mature place or it's not as mature as it could be. Although it is a sigh of relief when it's not you that's making somebody upset. Yes, but that sigh should not be audible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, with that. I'm guilty though, but I'm, I'm horribly guilty for that. <laughs> well, with that, you know, that's, that's where we want to be able to help you. Now, I wanted to give you the episode rules of engagement, but in my search, guess what? Didn't carry over. Rules of engagement. So what am I going to have to do? I'm going to I'm going to do a reboot of that show, and I'm going to put it out there so that you understand it. And I'm I'm doing more coaching now. It's starting it's starting to to pick up the pace. I'm getting ready to do some some marriage coaching, if you will, and that's something that I'm going to bring to this conversation to start with, because. We need to come together, and it's not like we're armies that are battling against one another, but as far as talks go, we need to understand there's got to be some framework for how we discuss difficult topics, or if a difficult situation or conversation arises, what terms are we going to agree to so that we don't intentionally irritate uh, or piss off our spouse? Because 
when you get to that point, a lot of times you start list, you stop listening and you get into defense mode. And when you get into defense mode, you start to fight to be right. So you're not wrong. And once you fight to be right in the situation, now any progress that you can make, any resolution or reconciliation is now moot because the object is to be right. And if somebody's right, that means the other person is wrong. And that's not the goal in your relationship. It's not debate club. It's not where it's at. So where, where getting started is like that. You're like doing a health assessment um, for, for your own health. Oh, well, you know, you, you're checking yourself out. It's like, okay, well, how mentally, how do I feel? Good, not really much brain fog. I feel good, but how's my energy level? Okay, well, my energy level is this. Well, how is my health from a, you know, how are my clothes fitting? Am I trying, do I have to loosen the belt? Do I have to tighten the belt? What is that? Look? You're doing an overall assessment of your health. And if there's something, it's like, oh man, my arm, I just, I can't, I can't, there seems like there's a problem with my elbow. What's that from? Well, now you can take it. And these are really elementary examples, but that's just for me to make sense of it. That's what I have to do. And if there is, say you have a symptom, what is the symptom, Quincy? Well, we're having sex, but like I'm just getting off. We're not, we're not really like We're, we're getting from point A to point B, but there's no like, like the foreplay is just not connected. It's just kind of to get everything going. Or maybe there's not even any foreplay. We've, we've run into ruts where it's like, we're just doing what we need to do to make sure there is a connection, but not the connection right. and you know just to make sure we're both happy we're we're, we're kind of like you know you, you did an oil change car's great got an oil change we're fine now we'll wait when we get to a certain mileage we'll we'll check it again that's not what we agreed upon it's not a healthy routine or your communication um communication is such a is such a wide spectrum but if you're talking do you still have a sense of endearment towards each other or is it just business only? Our responses short to the point, sharp. Does your spouse is your spouse like distant? Is, is everything a contention? Is are one of you like on the phone all the time? Is it is it a, is it distance? Are you just together watching <laughs> TV? Um, it. What else would there be? Um, does your Let's see here. So do you know, do you know when your spouse is listening? And, I, and the only reason I bring this up is I used to get so frustrated because Quincy likes to doodle when people are talking. Fair. And, um, and, and I never noticed he does it in church. He, he does it in classes. He does it when he's sitting at the table and, and he's working. Like he, he, I watch him do work conversations and WebExes and he's over here and he's, He's doodling on his page, and I used to think, God, how do you draw? How are you even paying attention? And it used to piss me off because I thought you were not listening to me. Hmm. And what's funny is he actually heard every word and could spit it out verbatim. But because he wasn't looking at me, I didn't think he was listening to me. And really, he was. He, he was just trying to make sure that he kept his focus what I've learned, and, and I, I may be explaining this wrong, but this is how Rita and I kind of saw it, was he's dr drawing on his page and he's doing something with his hands so that he can focus and listen to what I'm saying and not be distracted by anything else going on around him. 
It's how he focuses. I didn't know that was a thing until we started teaching kids at homeschool. And it was like, oh my gosh, my kid does the same thing her dad does. Now I understand. Yeah, and But I, if I, I didn't know that, I would just think you were ignoring me. And it used to piss me off. You, but you've got to talk about those things. Like when I shut down, I'm not shutting down because I, I'm not listening and I'm mad at you. I'm shutting down because I got to process this and I don't really know if what's going to come out of my mouth is going to be right. And I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to say something that's going to be mean or the wrong thing, if, especially if we're in a heated argument. But I didn't shut down because I wasn't listening or I didn't want to talk anymore. I just need a minute to kind of filter but we didn't know that about each other because we didn't discuss and explain, no, honey, this is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like communication has so many variables that we never even thought of until Rita was like, did you ask this question? No, I did not. <laughs> Why not? Because I didn't even think that there was a question. That's yep. that's the reality of it. Exactly. And, and truly, a lot of the times you have the answers inside of you. You just don't have the experience um, or the perspective to pull it out. So, and here's what I'll do: is just I'll just narrow it down to these five areas, and maybe it's something outside of this. But as you're doing your health checkup, as you're thinking about these concepts, um, and you're married, think about sex, money, communication, time, and health. And if, if these things are, let's, you know, like Jeannie said, just kind of review where you're at on those things. Review, review where you're at when it comes to, when it comes to sex. There's a show that I've had on the docket to do for so long. I keep going past it, but we have to do it. And it needs to be an open discussion, um, which I think will be very informative for the group, but also it'll be very good for us. And the, the title is, who decides when we have sex? That's fair. Because all, you know, all too often if a TV or whatever, you know, I, I can tell you and I will tell you during that particular episode um, how I feel from time to time. But what are the contributing factors to that? And is it something that we have discussed? And has it been so long since we've discussed it that we haven't connected on it again to say, hey. Yeah, life happens and we just. Exactly. It's, it's amazing how you think, and it, it's the simplest thing, and to me, it, it feels so stupid when it happens. Like, when, I, when my brain goes off and goes, you idiot, because I know these things. We, we're aware of it. We've been working on it for years, but something will happen, and it's like, you know better. You mm-hmm. know, you, we should have caught this weeks ago. We know we're, we're doing the same thing. We're back in a routine that we shouldn't be in. Something came in and sideswiped us, and we went back to what was familiar, and both of us, we both do it. And then when we finally get to it, it's like, what are we doing? We, we know better than to do this. Why didn't we stop and go, okay, wait, wait, pit stop. We need, we need to pull off the side of the road here for a minute and we need to have yep. a discussion and we need to decide. Are we, and there are, there are times when we say, okay, we're going to stay. This suits our situation for now. It's not exactly what we want. It's not a forever. It's a for now. So for the next two weeks, this is the pattern we're going to stick with. But because we recognize it and we know this is not what we want, we have to draw an agreement and say, okay, in two weeks, we need to reassess. And if these haven't adjusted, we need to find a way to make an adjustment. It, those are very extreme cases 
But sometimes when you have life just coming down from all sides, you have to take a minute and Quincy calls it calling an audible. You got to call an audible and say, okay, we're going to stick to this play for this long. We're just going to gain a couple of yards. That's it. Just a couple at a time. We're not, we're not going for, you know, a full on 50 yard. We just want a couple of yards at a time and then we'll reassess where we're at. But not everybody comes into a marriage knowing that. Right. You get into your pattern when you first get married, you get into your pattern and your routine and you're, you're kind of like, you know, you, you don't really want to rock the boat yet. The first five years, Quincy and I were kind of like, everybody else was rocking our boat for us. We didn't need to rock it any further. And unfortunately, that's not what we should have been doing. <laughs> we should have been running the thing ourselves, and we weren't. Yeah, and, and like you, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. So when it comes to sex, um, are you connecting or is it ju- are you just getting the job done? And one of the things recently, and then I'll move on to money. One of the things recently, you know, in the last few weeks, um, I brought it up to Jeannie. I was like, man, we're focusing so, so heavily on the destination. We're kind of forgetting the journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, the journey is supposed to be enjoyable. But, you know, because she's picking kids up from work and I'm traveling uh, from work and I'm traveling and autism does what it, do, it does. It's like get in the room, get your clothes off, get naked, get it on, get it done before you get interrupted and go to bed. And it's like, no, it's not what we signed up for. And it's like we you audibly need to say, hey, let's focus on the journey. So and then money. Look at money. Do a self-assessment. That's what we call it in, in our business world, you know, when you're talking about safety. Self-assess. Um, do you feel like you, you are spending impulsively, like emotionally? Are you in fear because of the lack of or the thought about the lack of? Is money contentious? Are you and your wife constantly arguing about money? Because that's a thing. It can, it can be a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, your communication, like we said, that is such a wide spectrum. I hate, I hate this whole like, oh, sorry, miscommunication, miscommunication. Okay, well, we can find. Is there something within communication that seems? Is there a symptom? Well, um, and is it? Is that what you're blaming? Are you choosing to say, oh, it was a miscommunication, and you know damn well it wasn't. Yeah, but well, but that was you know my, that's. That's one of those, that, that's the thing with communication is there, there is a fine line in some of these things and you, you just got to know if you know the rules to engagement, then you're, you're, you've got your, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't intentionally use something against me if we've already put it in the rules of engagement that this is not Okay. Yeah, you you actually can, but then you're violating your values, the values, and you're breaking a trust. Yeah, and then uh, and then time. How are you spending your time? How is your spouse spending their time? Is she hiding in books for days and days and days and days and days in a room? I did that, and And it wasn't his fault. I was depressed, and he didn't know it. And then your health. Your health is a big one. What you're eating. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you doing things, you know, mental health is a big deal right now. And there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of validity to that, but. I think there a lot of that though, too, 
and this this just me because of what I've seen and what what's going on in our house and then reevaluating myself there is a lot of outside sources oh yeah that are creating some of that um one of the things Quincy and I've talked about that will come up later on down the line in the shows will be about our kids because how do you teach your kids their value when everything around them is telling them you have anxiety you're stressed you're depressed you're okay to feel like this you're okay to want to go out and look for other people to to validate who you are how do we master teaching them to find their value in themselves I mean, I struggled with depression, but when I went through it, everybody said, oh, well, you're a mom of eight. It's okay. You can have bad days. You, you're expected to have bad days. You've got a lot on your plate. But that wasn't why I was depressed. My kids weren't my issue. You know, being their mom and having so much on my plate wasn't my issue. My issue was I was lonely. Mm-hmm. And I was scared and I was frustrated and we weren't talking and we weren't connecting and I didn't know who I was anymore because I let everybody else. And I'm not talking about people specific. I'm talking about outer things in a whole. Mm -hmm. We're starting to teach me who I was. And that's not who I was when we got married. I was who I wanted to be. And everybody else had to figure out how to deal with me. And somewhere along the line, life kicked my ass and it became everybody else was telling me who I was and I was just supposed to conform and I couldn't figure out how to do that because it's not who I am. So there's a lot more to the mental side than just I'm having a bad day. And there's a lot more outer things to discuss. If Quincy didn't know that there were certain things that affected my mental stability, he wouldn't know how to come in and, um, push against it. If I didn't know who he was, like our conversation on the way home the other day, I am finally at a place where I'm crying and happy because people see in you what I see in you and they appreciate it. Because for years I was crying because I was pissed because nobody could figure it out. It's, but if I didn't know who you were, Mm -hmm. I couldn't push you to tell you all these other voices are bull crap. This is, this is not, this is not real. If you don't have that in your marriage, if you don't have that person that you can grab onto and you have full permission, just you, there is, there are five people in this world that can speak into my life and I will listen to them wholeheartedly. There is one that I truly, completely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, know would never waver for any reason when he speaks into my life. And that's you. Anybody else, it's like, I trust them, but not the way I trust you. They still don't see every bit of me the way that you do. That's the difference in being married and trusting your spouse and being able to help each other with the mental stuff because that right there is a game changer all by itself. It truly is. And um, I'm... So what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, since I've given you kind of the framework on how to get, you know, getting started here, there's, there's a, there's several episodes, if they carried over, um, that talk about where to start and, and it's, it's a incredibly big deal. It's a, it's such a huge open-ended question. So I've given you 
I've really given you some um, some very practical. Is pragmatic the word I'm looking for? I've given you some practical examples of how to assess yourself and your relationship. So I pray that if you didn't catch it, go back and listen to it. If you still didn't catch it, email me and let me know that for you it was a swing and a miss. And I can ask, well, how can I help? Because that's what I'll do. Um, I'm going to put this in the show notes. This, This is the... This is the episodes that I reviewed so that I could communicate to you and kind of deepen your understanding of where to start, okay? Episode 119. Now, look, for a long time, you know, my producer, Ashley, um, she put the episode numbers in uh, the title. And then I told her not to worry about doing that anymore and so it might make it a little more difficult for me to tell you where these episodes are. Um, but that's okay. We'll get it figured out. The body of work is there. Like NF says, you've seen the catalog. Okay. 119, episode 119, win every argument. Great, great, great episode. Um, we're going to start here. It's called Crazy Good Communication, episode 78 through 85, so 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85. That is, we kind of give you the overview of what it is we were looking at in the form of a journey conversation, and then we break it down, give you the playbook, and it's give you insight on what happened and what we could have done to make it better. Then, episode 71, it's called Permission. That is such a big deal. Permission. Check it out. Episode 128. She doesn't think like you. Um, then there's one that's called The Secret to Marriage. That's a good one. It was done on January the 9th, 2022. And then there's one that's called Anchors of the Past. I'm here to tell you that your past plays a bigger role than you're aware of. I promise you that. That's one so thing. So does I'm, your upbringing. Yeah. Well, that's part of your past, isn't mm-hmm. it? So the thing is, is that I'm learning. The more I coach people, the more I learn about myself. Mm-hmm. And then I challenge myself from other coaches. And I'm learning a lot about the past. And look, I'm going to just tell you this. I'm not holding resentment against my parents for how they raised me. No, me either. There's nothing There's nothing I can do to go back and change it. Especially now when you look at where we're at, and it's like, whoa. You ever really want to know why your parents said we did the best with what we had? We're living it right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the motive? Now, look, there are some people out there whose parents may not deserve the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to tell you where to land on that. But I am going to tell you, and I could tell you a great story, and I probably will because i got a couple minutes left. I'll tell you a great story after this. Um, and then episode 137, buzzwords. Big deal. Game changer. It really um, is for everybody. For Jeannie and I. Thank God for Rita who taught us this stuff. Now, the reason we need to go back and do this and redo these episodes for you is because we have new experiences and we have new skill sets that have to do 
with how to use these tools because the better you get at using these tools, the more effective you can be. I think we also have some pretty big epic fails that we can share with you when we knowingly don't use the tools and have to eat crow. E-F-S. Yeah, because I'm there. I'm there. I can call myself out mm-hmm. and say, okay, dude, you know when you do this, you are willingly not following your own values. You're violating them, and now you're punishing your wife. Are you happy with that? In the moment, I might be too mad to deal with it. But when I know if I sleep on it and I wake up. But as soon as that voice goes off in your head and says, you know you're doing this, even if you're still pissed, there's that part in your head going, and I'm still going to have to face it. Yep. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Let me give you this example. Um, and, and, you know, I've never really asked my dad for permission to share our story, you know, mine and his story on the podcast. I've just done it. Um, so, uh, before, when I was growing up young, my parents got divorced. You know that if you've been a part of the podcast for a while, um, we lived in Alabama, moved to California with my mom. I moved back to, uh, Alabama at 10 years old, left at five, came back at 10. Um, and then roughly like when I was 12, I decided to stay out in uh, California again because home life was just treacherous. Uh, Stepmother, stepsister, lots of chaos in the house. Um, So when I left, my dad was the biggest sports fanatic that I knew. Mm -hmm. Alabama, everything. Roll Tide. Full circle. Alabama, (laughs) big time. I mean, he. as much as I love Bama, my dad was way deeper in this. I mean, to the point, and he would tell you himself, he he would somehow study the diet that the athletes had. Like he was studying their diet in addition to the program and the play. He was way deep. You know, Morans are all in or they're all out. That's what they do. And so when I left in the South, when you, when you get saved, they call it getting converted. And uh, my dad became a Christian when... I left. He became a Christian in 1990, and then I came back. Well, him being a young Christian, and, and before he was a Christian, he was all in to the lifestyle he was living, like all in to sports and other things that he did. Um, what, what the church world says, he was all in on the world. Well, he was so afraid of going back to his old lifestyle before he coached my, you know, helped coach my baseball team. Now I come back. He doesn't go to a practice. He doesn't go to a game. For my entire um, junior high and high school athletics career, my dad does not show up to one athletic event. And it really, really hurt me bad. I mean, it hurt me bad. I didn't I, – I don't recall – having somebody that came to those games and sat there and watched the game just for me. I, I don't recall. And if you did that and I've forgotten you, email me and I will beg your forgiveness. Hmm. But I, I, don't, I don't recall, you know, my dad doing that post this conversion thing. Um, and so... You know, the same, it was the same for my brother. And 
my brother worked for my dad in his painting company for a while. And, uh, you know, my, my dad would go to the job sites and whatnot. And, and my brother would bring that up as a point of contention. And, uh, you know, my dad and I were talking one day and he, uh, he was talking to me about how my brother was, you know, had brought it up again. Oh, dad, you never came to my, you never came to my games. You never, you never did this. You know, just really ringing the bell about the things my dad didn't do. I got a lot of respect for the things my dad did do mm-hmm. and for the things that my mom did do. Um, I said, hey, dad, I'm going to level with you, man. I'm going to level with you. I got to tell you, he's talking about it because it hurts. It really hurt me bad that you didn't show up to one. And so I, Josh is, yeah, he's got some merit, you know. And my dad said this to me. He said, you know what, son? I was afraid. If I had to do it over again, I'd do it different. And that fixed every bit of hurt that I had over that situation. I know we can't go back and change it, but that fixed it all that set me free from that and so you know when I came to the understanding that you as an individual will do what you see you may make some adjustments some adjustments you make you may overcorrect. like if your parents were strict disciplinarians you're going to be the same or you're going to you it's likely you'll go to the other side and and give no discipline and, you know, there are some of those that kind of land in the middle. But that's what's typical in my experience. And knowing that my dad couldn't go back and change that, I said, you know what? I'm going to look at whatever happened to me as a kid, and I'm going to relinquish any resentment I have towards my parents and understand that they did the best with what they had. And with that, I'm going to close the curtain on my past because I'm not going to allow those things to hold me as a victim to my present and my future. And, you know, that obviously, maybe not obvious to you, that came after Jeannie and I learned how to forgive each other. We learned how to deal with resentment. Mm -hmm. I was able to use that particular mechanism and release any resentment I had towards my parents. That doesn't mean our relationships are perfect. What that means is I'm not holding them hostage for what they did because I believe their motivations were right. Now, if your parent was something different, all I can tell you is this. If you're holding resentment towards your parents or whoever raised you, they are taking up free space in your mind and in your emotions And they don't deserve that real estate. There should be a cost associated with that. There there should be value given to that internal real estate that you have. And right now you are giving it away for free. And it's at your own expense. So I challenge you to try to put this in perspective and understand there's nothing that your parents can do to change what they did. Maybe you have a parent that wouldn't change it because your, you know, your relationship's not great and and he or she didn't have a great relationship and they just, they're just paying it forward. But I'm here to tell you, 
free yourself, forgive, let go of that resentment, open up that area within your life, within your mind, within your body, within your soul, and fill it with good things. You decide what's in there. You decide what fuels you and what feeds you. It can either be toxic or it can be clean. And I had to do that. So from experience is is from where I'm speaking to you. So, you know, we, as we wrap this episode up, I'll put these, um, I'll put these notes, uh, these episode notes or show numbers, episode numbers and names. I'll put it in the show notes for you to look at as a reminder in case you didn't get to write them all down. But I encourage you, take some time to go binge and listen to them. Um, Turn the politics off over here in, in the U.S. for a minute and listen to something at the gym that's going to challenge you to get better um, mentally, emotionally, and physically. You can go back to the politics when you're done. But this is, this is critical mission right here to give you some perspective to help you shape who and what it is you want to become and then to, to create opportunities for reconciliation in your life. Very, very important for you. It's, it has been, you know, it has been life-changing for me, and I'm not overstating that. Anything else you want to add, honey? No, I think, um, sounds like we've got some new episodes we got to do and uh, maybe revisit some of these things so we can, you know, put it where it is now. Yeah, I think it's very important we do that. You know, and any time I'm being stupid, you know, I look back and go, well, Somebody asked me the other day, you ever run out of topics? And I go, here's one great thing about marriage. (laughs) Here's one great thing about parenting. And here's one great thing about life in general. You're never short on topics. And that's the truth. (laughs) She is Jeannie Moran. I am Quincy Moran. Let me say it this way because people really spell it the wrong way if you don't say it proper. She's Jeannie Moran. I'm Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. <laughs>